Hi there and welcome to the New Health Club podcast. Psychedelics are experiencing a renaissance these days, developing into a tool to help us go through life. But what are LSD, magic mushrooms, psilocybin, MDMA or ketamine are exactly doing for our mental health, personal progress or even optimization? Will they change our lifestyles and lives forever? I'm sure they will. On the New Health Club podcast, I talk to real innovators, leaders and disruptors from the emerging world of psychedelics. Enjoy. This podcast deals with drugs. Drugs are dangerous. Furthermore, the use and or trade of drugs can be punishable by law. Please keep this in mind. This podcast is not suitable for people under the age of 18. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the next New Health Club podcast. Today we talk psilocybin and tell you about synthesis. Synthesis offers legal, medically supervised and scientific-based psychedelic retreats in Amsterdam. I went there this weekend to do a ceremony with psilocybin and it was very interesting, very emotional and sometimes overwhelming but really worth it. In this episode my guest is Synthesis co-founder Martijn Schirp. We talk about psilocybin, about the compound, what it does to you, what makes it special as a psychedelic, and why it can make you discover your purpose in life. And of course, why Brad Pitt may be a great spokesperson for the following years of microdosing possibilities. So enjoy the podcast and now on to Martine and Synthesis. So we are here on a very stormy <laughs> morning with Martine Sherp. Mm -hmm from synthesis mm -hmm. i'm very excited to talk to you today Likewise. maybe you introduce yourself yes so my name is martin Sherp. i'm the co-founder of synthesis uh, which is a legal professional guided um, retreat here in the netherlands where we work with high doses of psilocybin which is a psychedelic um, to help people support their transformation and their healing And, um, of course, we did this also because, or we're doing the podcast also because I did a retreat over the weekend, which was very exciting. I'm not going to say really more about this because it's also very personal always, what you take with you, mm -hmm. I feel. But what I can say is that I was very nervous coming here um, and I bought all kinds of nuts and bagels and weird stuff at the airport to distract myself. So, um, but then it was a very great experience. So how can you calm yourself down <laughs> um, before you do it? I think the first thing is to understand that being nervous is incredibly normal. It is normal response to being confronted with the unknown, but maybe with things that are challenging. And um, yeah, just, just relax. Um, don't feel like you have to do anything. Um, often what we teach is that the, the lesson or the insight is in the feeling that we have been avoiding. So if, if the anxiety actually is at a level that feels really uncomfortable, instead of trying to numb it or avoid it or distract yourself from it, actually sit with it and be really close to yourself, feeling the anxiety. And often that, that's where the first lessons already start to arise. Mm -hmm. we, we often say the retreat starts... Um, the moment you sign up and that's when people yeah. get nervous and mm. <laughs> anticipate 
the unknown, which is is difficult sometimes. Yeah. So um, I know definitely like shopping is my distraction, obviously, <laughs> from, the, from the feelings. So and <clears throat> but I mean, like, obviously, um, this topic of using psychedelics in a way that you actually make it possible is really on the rise right now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we're talking about the talked about the Goop show and many articles that people were writing already visiting synthesis. So. Um, why do you think now is the moment to really that these things kind of develop very fast? I, I think it's a combination between a strong need in society um, of individuals that are looking for the next thing to either heal or transform and a, a significant rise in education, uh, specifically around the... Um, scientific research that has come out. So there's a lot of amazing world-class um, um, science that shows it can help with things like addiction, depression, eating disorders, body dysmorphia, anxiety, and who hasn't suffered in their life from trauma or from habits that no longer serve them. You know, maybe we've developed them as a coping strategy at one point, maybe when we were young, maybe later in life. And now we want to change that. And there's, there seems to be nothing that's more powerful or nothing that's more effective than psychedelics, if done right. And there aren't many places where you can go with the, the, the conditions to do it right. And so that, that was one of the main reasons for us to, to set up Synthesis. And I mean, uh, this seems to be like a very special situation here also in, mm -hmm. in the Netherlands that you can actually work in a certain frame mm -hmm. with psychedelics. Yeah, the psilocybin-containing yeah. truffles here in the Netherlands mm -hmm. uh, are fully regulated and fully legal. And so one of the very few Western countries in the world, um, we can actually create an organization and we can actually train people. We, we pay taxes, we have doctors on site, we, you know, we... The team gets supervision. We, we do everything that I think a modern psychedelic clinic would do. Um, but we also optimize outside of the medical model. So it's not just you take something and then, um, you know, a few hours later, we hope you're cured. No, it's actually about the personal experience. It's about the subjective journey of learning that uh, the insights come and people transform. And so we optimize that with the, with the medical uh, clinical standards that uh, are best practices in the research, for example. And and why do you think? I mean, I feel like there's like this. My, also, also in my community, there is really an emerging <clears throat> kind of need for transformation in mm -hmm. many areas of life or like perspectives. Um, and and why do you think like the let's say the classic tools um, like doing excessively yoga, <laughs> mm -hmm. going to excessive <clears throat> psychotherapy. Why doesn't that kind of work anymore these days? I think it's a combination of um, a lot of people are under a lot of pressure. Like the, the speed of society has just gone up and there's less and less time to actually um, wind down and to take good care of ourselves. I think that's one part. Um, another part is that a lot of these techniques, they can work very deeply, but also under uh, very specific conditions. And, and psychedelics are just a few degrees more powerful and more effective um, if done right. And yeah, it's a combination of 
um, education research that has come out that people are now starting to get open about it instead instead of the misinformation and the propaganda that we've gone after they were banned in, after the 60s it's now a different uh, different lens to which we see um, yeah, these miraculous molecules that change the brain uh, communication for a short period of time people go on a journey and uh, people rediscover the value of psychedelics because they've been used for thousands of years. Often they're at the uh, at the center of community, of ritual, of healing, of um, like a group immune system. And a group immune system. Group immune system. What, what is that? It's basically <clears throat> where you have a group of people and they start pinging with each other in a certain setting. That um, what is behavior that is um, desirable. And so often what you see in a retreat, for example, people are becoming way more open, way more compassionate. They share things about themselves that they maybe haven't shared to the people closest mm -hmm. to them. And it's, it's, it's a relief to finally be vulnerable, to, to take off the mask and actually be accepted and accept others. And, and that's a very healthy group setting that's, um, yeah, sadly missing in a lot of um, more comp competitive, high-pressure, um, you know, settings that uh, in day-to-day -day life for most people. And you say, like, the if psychedelics are done right, that's a really big topic, right? Mm -hmm. That this set and setting is the right thing. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so... As you've noticed, like if you, the moment you take a psychedelic, it it feels like the volume of reality goes up. You become yeah. extremely sensitive, mm -hmm. and you need extra care to feel safe. Like a big part of the the journey is to actually start surrendering into the uncomfortableness or the the parts of our psyche that we haven't integrated, parts of our shadow, part of our trauma, part of um, maybe our potential. Um, and if you are in a setting where you don't feel safe or you, ha you are distracted, you can't really work through that, through that material. And, and so the, to optimize for a specific outcome, so psychedelics what, uh, are sometimes called non-specific amplifiers. They amplify a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And it's up to the guide and the set and setting and the structure of a program that it gets a certain factor into a direction that is desirable. And we, what we do is aim for, for um, transformation, positive transformation, well-being, health, self-acceptance, um, creativity, like elements that um, we often don't take time to really cultivate in our day-to-day -day life. And um, what I find interesting, especially with psilocybin, is um, what I also read it before about it, but what you also can read in a couple of books that you guys have here, is that it's often also related to, to an idea of finding a purpose, mm -hmm. like or your purpose. And, um, I mean, in the experience, <laughs> which is... I'm not going to talk about it, of course. But I mean, still, what I find interesting, I got like a, a mixture of um, a purpose in 
in a, I'm not going to say career, but in, in like my, my purpose in life, mm -hmm. but also my purpose in a private, more personal surrounding. So, mm. I mean, and what I find interesting also with synthesis is that you kind of work on specialized retreats that mm -hmm. are specifically addressing, for example, the, the female leadership mm -hmm. um, question, or probably you still working already on other mm -hmm. specific topics. So, I mean, Do you think this will be in the future like a tool, I mean, well, future, maybe next year, um, <laughs> a tool to really access these specific parts in your life much faster and then kind of kind of tailor-made it to, for, for some people or mm -hmm. for some groups like leaders or, yeah, I don't know, other people? Yeah, we're thinking about uh, creating other leadership type of retreats. And I think you hit the nail on the head about purpose. Um, like what psychedelics do very uniquely is something that in research they call meaning making. And a universe without meaning um, is devoid of, of purpose. And the only thing that remains is then the baseline of suffering. So you have suffering on one hand and the thing that balances that out, that redeems the, the struggle of life is meaning, is purpose. And somehow psychedelic uniquely um, help us get really close to ourselves and discover the things that actually matter the most without all the, the conditioning, all the things we feel like we should be doing, um, it's actually a very, it can be a very clear vision of like, wow, this is what I want. This is what I find important. And so you can apply that lens to a lot of um, different domains of human existence. And I think a core one is actually leading, leadership. So how do you step up? How do you take control of your life, of your destiny? And... Uh, create that what's deeply meaningful for you in your own personal life and that that role has um, has really um, amplified by my own personal psychedelic use like I realized what I was capable of and what I had to do to actually create a significant meaning and yeah without psychedelics I would have not well, obviously I would have not created synthesis but I, I don't think I would have had a, um, a job or um, a purpose in my life that I felt so strongly connected to. I, I certainly got my business plan in the <laughs> in the trip <laughs> or in the experience. Um, yeah, and, and the funny thing is, or the interesting thing I often find is that these things that come to you in that experience are often things that already kind of have lined up in your life. Mm -hmm. Or that are not like completely alien to you. Mm -hmm. So, and then you just have to, through the experience, you can connect dots that you couldn't connect before. Yeah. Either in like a private question or like, mm -hmm. I mean, in, in, in the, yeah, like, like you, what you described before you obviously founded Synthesis. But maybe you talk about how the, how the process turned out a little bit and how you found your co founder mm -hmm. and how this all happened after your insight. 
Yeah, it, it like about two years ago, it became clear that um, there was a rising demand and a rising need to actually go on retreat, to actually be able to drop all the baggage of day-to-day life, especially around professionals that were living a very, very driven life, but not didn't necessarily have the time or the space to reflect on which direction they were going. And... And so we started with a with a pilot retreat about a year and a half ago, April two thousand eighteen. About two, yeah, and we had about three retreats back to back, eight people uh, per retreat, and um, it was really amazing to see the transformation on on such a uh, yeah large scale. And so we we started to improve the model, do more retreats. And at one point, I, uh, it became clear that somebody had to run this side project of ours. And so I quit my previous job. And, which uh, was? What did you do? I was the uh, CEO of High Existence, which is a media, oh, you're right, yeah. me- mm-hmm. is a media company um, where I actually wrote and interviewed people on, um, about psychedelics, about transformation, about um, philosophy. And so it was a very natural, natural fit. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, since, since then we, um, we raised significant seed money and, um, we got this beautiful venue and we started hiring our first psychologists and therapists. Um, like the first test was, can we do this safely? And, and does it actually provide the outcome that people are looking for? And the answer was a resounding yes. And there was a strong need to do, to offer a modern model, um, and yeah, since then we've grown to 40 people full time and um, growing ever since. Um, yeah, we, lot, uh, the demand has increased significantly with all the media and the research that's coming out. And, and there's no, I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon um, because there's, there's a huge mental health epidemic. People are looking for deeper connection, uh, other ways of, of living their lives. And I think psychedelics are a very unique tool that can really help us remember what it is to be human and what is important for us. And what is your, let's say, vision with the with synthesis? I mean, obviously right now you, this is the country where you can do it that mm-hmm. way. But I mean, if you read a couple of articles that are on LinkedIn, basically like in this whole psychedelic community, I mean, it could be that like the decriminalization could happen in other mm-hmm. countries, maybe in the next two or three years, maybe in, in right. Europe, yeah, in America, of course, too. Yeah, we're definitely planning on um, opening different centers all over the world, depending on um, legal jurisdiction and different modalities. Um, what we found, the model here that we've developed works really well. And it's likely that it's applicable to other substances, um, other cultures as well. And so we, we hope to start opening a different center in this year, um, whether that's US or, or another one in the Netherlands, um, we're still figuring out. But yeah, there, there are many, many things we want to do. Um, like we, we developed a very in-depth, rigorous health screener. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is at this time one of the most advanced in this space, and it's something we want to make access. We want to 
uh, create access to other groups as well, so people can raise their medical standards up to our level. Um, we want to start training therapists and other facilitators because there are some programs on on uh, in. in, in um, for example, you have the California Institute of Integral Studies. Mm -hmm. They train um, therapists to become psychedelic facilitators, but there's a there's a I think a major lack, which is the facilitators don't get personal experience or hands-on experience. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the traditionally shamanism, that's the only training. There's of course there's some some teachings and some cosmology and the way to prepare ritual etc but it's the personal experience like how deep have you traveled yourself because if you want to be a guide you need to help people um, um, to traverse those types of uh, transpersonal experiences and without any personal experience that our belief is that you you won't be able to fully do that do depth that's uh, mm -hmm. um, really honoring the the full range of, of psychedelic experiences. So we want to we want to provide that that people can come to the Netherlands um, and have self experience, have experience with other people on on a psychedelic, and that will inform the the theoretical knowledge. I don't think you can have one without the other. Mm -hmm. So those are a few of the plans that we have um, going on. And um, if somebody's really interested in this, but kind of what I hear a lot is that people say, well, I mean, I never did any kind of drug. And mm -hmm. for some reason, also because I don't want to have anything to do with this. Mm -hmm. But still, <laughs> in the long run, a lot of people are really getting interested in this, at least if they hit, let's say, kind of... A very big roadblock in their life or mm -hmm. they have experience that they cannot kind of tackle with an, with like the classic ter therapy or whatever they go mm -hmm. like I said going to yoga every day suddenly it's like okay I'm not making any progress with this so how would you suggest like to to get yourself open-minded for this maybe mm -hmm. I'd suggest to begin with education um, read books, read the research. Um, you'll quickly find it's incredibly safe. There are only a few people that should never do it. And then there uh, is a group of people that should um, find therapy first and have a good social support network. But beyond that, um, it's incredibly risk-free. And... If you've tried a lot of things and you've hit a roadblock, then psychedelics could help you, uh, potentially. And it's up to you to decide. And so, educate yourself. Find a place that has rigorous health screening so you make to make sure um, it's the right time for you. You don't have any medis medications that uh, make it risky. You have the support and network and integration, which is one of the biggest um, elements of having a successful psychedelic journey is, is how do you bring this um, experience back home and how do you integrate it into your day-to-day mm -hmm. -day life? Because the unpacking of it is the... 
is, is where the magic actually happens. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point that you're just addressing because I feel that's also another thing that a lot of people fear um, that they have insights that either they are so extreme or so drastic that they would not mm -hmm. know how to yeah. integrate it, like you say. And then that's what I heard a couple of times with people just going somewhere and doing ayahuasca mm -hmm. without any kind of integration afterwards. Yeah. And then they're kind of very confused for the next years what that meant to them, what they've yeah. seen. Ayahuasca specifically, I think, is very hard to integrate for most people because it is... Um, It's a very powerful psychedelic to begin with. And then it's often done in a cosmology that's very alien to our day-to-day -day lives. And in traditional ayahuasca uh, settings, the integration was part of being a tribe or a culture. Yeah, the the integration right. happens the day after when you work on the land or you, you weave the hammocks or you go hunting. You tell the stories. It fits the cosmology to a T, um, and that that's it's already fully integrated uh, in their in their day to day lives, in their culture, in their rights. But as as an outsider, you come in with a very different belief structures, with a very different um, uh, expectation model of what a teacher or a guide should be, and then there's no integration. You go come back home, and then you have to bring those two experiences together um, it's possible um, but it's very difficult because often you feel like you have to give up significant elements of your of your personal life and for most people that doesn't work and I, I don't think that's necessarily needed and that's one of the reasons why we build synthesis because the, that bridge is way um, more easy to more easily tra traversable um, it does happen where people You know, for they, they were atheists, and then they they suddenly lose all sense of self. They dissolve with the the source of all life and become one with the divine loving presence of um, the source of all consciousness. And it's so overwhelming um, that it it undermines or. Um, challenges a lot of ontological belief structures that they have and that can be challenging or what's also not uncommon is people realize that um, the people around them were not the people who they thought they were uh, memories come up traumatic memories that they didn't even know they had it explains a lot of behavior um, But then the work starts, and, and often what we do is recommend psychedelic-friendly therapists that understand the transpersonal nature of these experiences, um, and then the unpacking starts, and that, that can take time. But that's, that's part of the healing, and that's part of the integration. Um, um, in the end, you're better off than never having done it. Uh, and so, Well, I mean, that also means like what... You mean also like you see things about your family that you kind of didn't realize before, mm -hmm. like the relation to one part of your family or like that was completely hidden from you, right? Yeah. I mean, There's so much, like so much unconscious. Yeah. There's way more unconscious stuff than conscious. Yeah. Yeah. I had to, exactly. Uh, 
But I had this moment where I kept asking the person in my journey, like, um, but where are my parents here? I mean, come on. And the voice said to me, you don't have parents. I was like, what do you mean? No, you don't. And it was at that moment, it made total sense. Mm -hmm. Although it didn't feel like, oh God, this is terrible. I don't have mm -hmm. parents. It just, and I mean, the truth is I've always been a person that wasn't very related to them. Not good or bad. I just wasn't. So, and it's, it's an interesting thing how this, like you say, how this gets amplified. Mm -hmm. And, but it, the, the great thing is I found that it, it's neither good nor bad. Mm-hmm. And it's not like in it's not in a judgment costume where you have to this is good, this is bad, you're mm -hmm. you're sad, that's bad, you're happy, that's good. Kind of. So you, you're able to look at things, then you just to look at the really maybe like very scary things and you're just able to oh yeah, yeah, let's take a look. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's sensational, I have to say, and now I'm just talking about it, but <laughs> I mean yeah. I'm still really impressed by this thing that happened to me or like in this journey um, and one thing is also I think interesting is what, what do you what would you say is the difference between a psilocybin journey and an LSD journey um, I think they're more similar than they're different although they're different classes of psychedelics um, they have different profiles on your neurotransmitter system um so it's, it's it, serotonin dopamine um are, are slightly different than the duration and then you have the subjective neurophenological effects and people describe that in very different terms and it's, it's very hard to compare it's it's um we don't necessarily have very specific language to describe these states um, simply because, you know, we're very early by, uh, for integrating these um, tools in modern culture. Like most of the terms that we use are actually from the 60s in that explosion of culture. Um, personally, uh, acid or LSD makes me really open, incredibly sensitive. Um, it engages, um, I, get, I get energy from it. Um, but it's more, it's not a very comfortable energy necessarily. It's, it, I don't necessarily like mm -hmm. LSD that much. Um, and psilocybin feels more spiritual. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's a, definitely a tryptamine. Like if you've done different types of tryptamines, it has a certain feeling or a certain visual that's very similar, um, that acid is, is very fluid. Uh, it's harder, I feel like. Yeah. In a way that you have more, like... I feel like you saw more real people mm -hmm. and not, like, many spiritual situations. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's very hard to describe. What you said, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've had interesting experience on LSD, but it's, it's not my medicine, and it's not necessarily I would recommend to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, psilocybin is a lot more grounded um, to me friendlier friendlier yeah I mean um, and I mean but still like you were talking about this earlier one thing that I think a lot of people 
are interested in is that, okay, you can come to synthesis as, let's say, a person who's not suffering from depression mm -hmm. and who is not on antidepressants. Mm -hmm. um, but still, there are a lot of people who are actually, even if they don't, if they don't take antidepressants, they might suffer from a depression. So, yeah. I mean, how do you see the development for people like that who actually would like to try other mm -hmm. tools to get rid of their depression? Yeah, we're working very hard to make it possible for these people to come. So at this point in time, we unfortunately, we have to reject about 40% of all people mm -hmm. that apply. And that has multiple reasons. Um, one is that we don't want to give false hope. Second is that we want to make sure it's absolutely safe for them as well, not just during the experience, but after the experience as well. And it's not uncommon if you um, are carrying more significant and deeper wounds that you need more support. And it, it might be more challenging to have an experience. And so we are training our staff right now and bringing on um, very experienced psychiatrist to build these models. And we believe we can start accepting people on SSRIs in a few months time. Oh, wow. And this is, this is one of the biggest reasons why yeah. we reject people. It's also the biggest need. Uh, it's, it's significantly oversubscribed. Mm -hmm. um, and these people have no place to go. Um, and we believe we can start helping them um, very, very soon. So also because you work with the Imperial College, right, mm -hmm. in, in London, yeah. with Robin mm -hmm. Carter-Harris? Yes. And how, how does that actually work? How do you work with them? Like, you exchange um, studies? or we, we talk a lot. Yeah. Um, like, they find that our setting is very interesting. Like, the volume of people that we're getting is, is beyond any, uh, any study. Um, and in return, we open up our doors. We give them a lot of uh, access to um, explore what is actually going on um, uh, with people in a more natural setting like synthesis. And their insights they share with us again, and that's how we improve our programs um, and our offerings and our education. And it's a very um, amazing collaboration because um, from what I can tell they're um, you know one of the most advanced uh, groups of people that understand not just the 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 way psilocybin affects the brain but also what does it mean for a person subjectively and how do you guide people, for example, someone with more anxiety or someone with an eating disorder? Like what is different in these people? What do they need? And, and so that's incredibly helpful for us to, mm -hmm. to actually offer something that we know works and we know is safe. Well, that's going to be soon then, in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, one thing I'm wondering is, I mean, last night, for example, like Brad Pitt won the Oscar and he was talking in this one interview, um, like how he's microdosing or at least that he's mm -hmm. interested in these things with Paul Stamos, I think, mm -hmm. the mushroom specialist in mm -hmm. America. So, and the weird thing is like, I feel, I mean, 
he's basically maybe not a lot talking about it and the Gwyneth Paltrow show is on. I mean, do you think that people from, let's say, the celebrity world or like, if you want to call it like that, are coming forward with this? Do you think this is helping the thing? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's clear that most people's conception of what a psychedelic is and what it does is completely wrong. Yeah. There, after the 60s, there was a huge barrage of propaganda misinformation and it's not uncommon to hear that it's very dangerous it has no medicinal benefit whatsoever mm. you can go crazy it's addictive none of that is true at all and for um people in the public space to come out and say i do this it helps me i think is an incredible positive thing because it can help so many people and they don't even know it exists yeah. or they maybe know it exists and it's it's demonized and i think that's a huge travesty because so many could so many people could be helped by it and it's my my belief that like caffeine like alcohol um like opium is now you know it's 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 so common, like painkillers and etc. And psychedelics will also be part of um, a very normalized way of humans changing their consciousness for different benefits. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, it's gonna happen, yeah. and it's gonna happen in our lifetime. It's interesting that I thought of Cary Grant when I saw Brad Pitt yesterday. How he, I mean he's kind of the, the first famous kind of celebrity that back then like started a psychedelic therapy and actually got rid of his um, very hardcore trauma through mm -hmm. his childhood. I didn't know he came as a 10 year old um, <laughs> with a traveling circus to America because his parents basically kind of his, his mother was in a mental hospital and his father, uh -huh. I think abandoned him. Mm. So, um, And then he said, like, and in one quote, I think, um, everybody wants to be Cary Grant. Even I want to be Cary Grant. <laughs> so, and there's this, I think there's this movie from his son becoming Cary Grant. So, and I thought yesterday, for some reason, okay, if Brad Pitt really has microdosed, and now it feels like he's becoming Brad Pitt. So I thought this movie, this last Tarantino movie, has such an, to me, has such a different authenticity that makes him like a to totally different person. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, you can't really talk to him because the publicists won't allow that, but it would be very interesting to kind of follow his path through his crisis and then mm -hmm. coming out of this in a very, as a microdosing person. Yeah. You, <laughs> I think you, you feel it, I mean, when you see him, in yeah. my perception. You hear the story often, like psychedelics, they help you break free from the old mold of conditioning and they can help you with your business plan they can help you with reframing your relationship with yourself and suddenly take way better care of yourself make it a little, a less of a problem to be authentic to be real with people and that seems to me very net positive and that's what we see here every weekend Famous last words. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. That was super interesting. Thanks for
Welcome, Natasha.